0: Thank you for supporting Overcomer's Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped.
1: Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. I want you to notice that God has an option to either reveal to Abraham or hide from Abraham what he is doing, and just like he does did then, he has that same option today. He can either reveal to you, or he can hide from you, what he is doing. And that's that to me is powerful within itself. For verse nineteen, for I have known him, in order that I, that he may command his children. Notice says command his children. Indicating that he is a father as well as a leader because the Bible goes on to say and his household after him. That they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice that the Lord may bring to Abraham. Notice what he says here that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him what he has spoken Abraham, spoken word god says i want to bring that to abraham and that's good to know because god i believe wants to bring the spoken word to you as well hallelujah if god speaks a word he says, i, I want to bring it to you i want to make sure that you get what i speak into your life Hallelujah. Based on what I just read to you, I want to talk to you from this, for a few minutes on this topic. A responsible father will lead his family to blessings. A responsible father will lead his family to blessings. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for your word this morning. Pray that the word of God will have free course. Father, we do bind the enemy right now. We cast them out. Thank you for your anointing and your awesome power that's ministering in this sanctuary this morning. Have your way in the lives of your sheep this morning. Father, thank you for feeding us with knowledge and understanding, helping us, God, to receive the spoken word that you are going to deposit into us today. And Father, we love you and we praise you. Thank God for the Father this morning, ask you to bless them, in power and equip them. In Jesus' name we pray. Let those that agree say amen. Responsibility means to be answerable or accountable for someone or something within one's power or control. It is a duty or an obligation. People are responsible in different ways. For different things. Parents are responsible for things and children are responsible for things and supervisors as well as workers and pastors and members and government leaders and business owners and citizens and husbands and wives. And even as Christians, we must be responsible, a responsible witness for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There are all types of different levels of responsibilities. And in those relationships, if the if relationships are going to be productive, the people in those relationships must be answerable and accountable, also known as responsible. Accountable means that I am required or expected to justify my actions or decisions. In my opinion, responsibility is not just should, should not be taken lightly, but and it should not be viewed as a yoke of bondage. I found out that when people see or regard responsibility as a yoke of bondage, they 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 look at responsibility as something that is negative. When God meant for responsibility to be something that is good in our lives, for those who, for those of us who remember uh, Peter Parker, also known as Spider-Man. He says this, with great power comes great responsibilities. I believe that a biblical lesson that we can benefit from is a better understanding of the process of becoming a responsible person. We need to understand the actions or the steps that is needed in order to become a responsible person. Go with me to the book of First Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 11. The book of First Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 11. Again, we're going to be responsible individuals. First Corinthians chapter 13 verse 11 reads as follows: When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. So Paul tells us here in the text: When I was a child, I spoke as a child, understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became Amen. I put away those childish, untaught, unskilled, not of age things. I I put those things away. And I believe that as we gain knowledge and understanding of the scriptures about biblical as well as natural matters, we can learn to mature to the point that we're no longer unskilled or untaught, but we learn to become accountable and answerable to the things that we have learned. Eventually, people will recognize that we are responsible and would also begin to notice other traits like dependability, trustworthiness, fairness, commitment, discipline, honesty, compassion, as well as being focused and respect, not to mention just a few, but it should never become a yoke or a bondage. But a challenge for us to mature to the point that it becomes a lifestyle, a lifestyle a remembering that responsibility is a ever learning process. You will always have to learn responsibility based on the different stages of your life. We talked about earlier that there are different levels of responsibility based on your level on where you're at. Let's go to the book of Genesis chapter 12 and verse 2. The book of Genesis chapter 12. And verse 2. And again, I want to mention to you that responsibility should never be looked, should never be seen as a yoke of bondage. I found out that sometimes people run away when they think they're being in bondage to certain things. But responsibility is something that we learn from. You learn, you learn to learn. Even in my 50s, I'm still learning how to be a responsible Christian, a responsible man of God, a responsible husband, a responsible person in the kingdom of God. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 reads as follows. Now the Lord has said to Abraham, get out of your country from your family, from your father's house to a land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. We see here in the text that he says I will make your name great. I will make it important. It will be distinguished. It will be large in number. Remember Jesus told, excuse me, the Lord told Abraham, I will make your descendants as the sands on the seashore. It was a huge uh huge undertaken. And he says this, and you should be a blessing. When the Lord makes our name distinguished and important, we can expect the latter part of that scripture to be true, and that is, you should be a blessing. You should prosper. Not only should you prosper, but you should also be a source of blessing. At times, we can get distracted with meeting meeting the right people, saying the right thing, impressing the crowd, and so forth. But when we understand scriptures like Genesis 12 and 2, that we need to the a nature of pleasing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We must allow him to distinguish our name and make us a source of spiritual, spiritual as well as natural blessings. While we understand the responsibilities of process, our end goal is to live a lifestyle uh, as being known as a responsible Christians who love Jesus as well as others. It is our way of life. It's our it's our attitude, it's our values and beliefs that we're gonna please God in every area of our lives. That's the way we wanna live. That's our attitude. That's the way we believe. Let's go with me to the book of Matthew chapter 22. The book of Matthew chapter 22. Jesus responded to a lawyer about our responsibility to love him and our neighbor in Matthew 22 verse 37 through 39. Matthew 22, verses 37 through 39. Thank you, my brother. I want you to notice what it says in Matthew 22, 37 through 39. Jesus said to him, you should love the Lord your God God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You should love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law. And the prophets. So Jesus told us to love, be fond of, be well pleased. The Lord with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like to it, like it. You should love your neighbor as yourself. And we need the Holy Spirit to instruct us on how to love Jesus with all of our heart all of our faults, all of our feelings, all of our desires, even the broken part in us, our soul and our mind. As God is healing our broken heart, we need to be in a position that God we're learning from God on how to truly love him. That's why our our omniscient God will also show us how to develop a genuine love for others if remain accountable and answerable to God's written and revealed word. One of the things that I, I, I really caught me off guard this week. Or I actually caught me off guard. The Holy Spirit came to deal with me this week. He began to talk to me about loving people uh, based on what I tell you and not what social media tells you. An example that I was watching a, uh, a Western. Uh, I was watching a Western and this man made a statement. He said this. He said, I have based everything about these, this group on what I read in the newspaper. And I thought about that and I thought about how many of us have based Uh, how we feel about certain people based off the news media or social media instead of basing on what God says about that person. And we have to make sure that we love based on how the Holy Spirit is leading us and not be influenced by social media or news media on how we should love everybody that's around us. And as believers, we must continue to allow John 16 and 13. Let's go to John 16 and verse 13. John 16 and 13 reads as follows. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. So however, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. What is true in any matter, under any circumstance and situation, especially the truth as relates to Jesus Christ in his written and revealed word, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. The Holy Spirit will reveal truth to us and develop us uh, to the point that we continue to be led by him in a responsible manner, in the way that we think, the way we talk, and in our actions. He's going to cause us to grow, to mature, and to evolve into the individual who he wants for us to be. Realize that where we at may be okay, but it's not in the end result that God wants in our lives. He wants us to mature. He wants us to grow up. He wants us to mature. I'm 50-something years And I still need to mature in the word of God and in the ways of God. I can't get lazy and Zion and stop praying and stop seeking the face of God. I must be in the position that I say I'm going to pray no matter what's going on around me. I'm going to seek the face of God for his direction, his guidance, and his leadership. We're going to be led by the all-knowing God. And as we do, truth will unveil our bigger and our better to us. Notice in Abraham's case, he says, shall I show Abraham, uh, the, the Lord said, the uh, Lord was having a conversation with himself. Shall I show Abraham what I am doing? And that sometimes we have to ask ourselves the question, God, will you show us what you're doing in this hour and then this season? Will he uncover, will he make known to us our bigger and our better unto us? Reveal truth in God's word will help us to see what God is doing during times of chaos confusion, trials, tribulation, and even when times are going well, we still need to be not distracted by the things that are going well, but to keep focused in on our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Because you never know when something could change in just a, a blink of an eye. It can change and things are not going the way you planned. But as you continue to follow the omniscient God, even when you're happy, even in chaos, he will show you things to come. And I appreciate John 16 and 13 because he's going to continue to guide his children. He's going to teach them, lead them, and show them the way According to his particular word, that's why God is constantly revealing to us such such subject matters as prayer, as giving, as witnessing, as loving one another. These are all beneficial, not only to us, but to our families as well as our church families. It's important that we understand that God reveals prayer to us and we want God to reveal. Show us how to pray, God. Show us how to pray in this hour. Show us how to pray for our family. Show us how to give. Show us that. And, and listen, I know other things are going on, but I still need to be in the position if I get when I give, because giving and it shall be given unto me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and run it over. Show me how to witness. My brothers and sisters are out there that don't know the love of Christ. I need to show them the. I need to show them Jesus in what we're dealing with. I need to be. I need to love them regardless of what other people are saying about them. Why? Because Jesus died for the whole world that he, we, we might have right to eternal life it helps me it helps my family as well as my church and i believe the lord has deemed abraham responsible since he was willing to reveal to abraham what he was doing let's go over to genesis 18 and verse 18 genesis 18 and verse 18 i want to read this to you once more again genesis 18 and verse 18 reads as follows Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him, we see here in the text that uh, since Abraham shall surely become a great, large in number, and distinguished and mighty nation, strong as well as mighty in nation, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Knows how. Not only did the Lord see Abraham as responsible, but he, but he desired for him to become a great nation. Notice that word become there in that text. It means to come into existence, to undergo change, to come to being a great nation. You're not there yet, Abraham. In fact, Abraham will make several mistakes. He would do things, amen, that, that will make you question whether or not why did God choose him. And I know sometimes people look at us and say, why would God choose you for such a great task as this? But they don't know your end from your beginning. They don't know the reason that the enemy fights you right now is because the devil, devil sees something in you that Amen that you sometimes don't even see in yourself. He see the greatness in you. He see the he see the one that's gonna pray, and then the, the world's gonna move around them. The one that's gonna give, and they are gonna amen, pay off somebody's debt. They see the one Amen who's gonna cause their heart's desire to come into play. They know they see something in you that you don't even see in yourself sometimes. Listen, you can you live you might have two cents in your pocket, but God said, I got a millionaire status coming away. You may be fighting in your body, but you may lay hands on the sick and they recover. You may be dealing with something in your mind, but God says, I I listen, I renew your mind with the word of God, and you'll think and talk and act more like you. The battle sometimes is not in where you at, but what you're becoming. The battle is not where you're at right now, but it's in what you're becoming. You'll be battled on your job. You'll be battled in your business. You'll be battled in your church. You'll be battled with your family. It's not about where you are right now, but it's what you're becoming. And that's why we need to make sure we're following the omniscient God so we'll make sure we'll become what God wants us to become. The Lord has to manifest his promise in him, in us, as mentioned in Genesis 12 and 2, which to do with him, making us significant as well as important uh, to Abraham. Excuse me, in, in, in significant and important, just like he did for Abraham. We are persuaded that the Lord desires us to be distinguished and strong in number, since we are seeds of Abraham. Go with me to Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. The book of Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11. I want you to understand something. The reason that God does this for you because he knows the plans he has for you. He knows what he has uh, planned for your life notice what he says in Jeremiah 29 and verse 11, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Notice what God said. I said, I know the plans. I know the purposes. I know the thoughts I have for you as people. And what is his thoughts? His plans is to have peace in your life, prosperity, soundness, and good health in your mind as well as in your body, to give you a future and a hope. And people should be blessed by our coming and our Going because we add value to those we come in contact with. People should be better when we walk in the room. People should be happy when we, they should be happy when they see us coming. And they definitely should be empowered because it's not us, but the spirit of God that lives in us. People should be better when we go to work. People should be better when we come to a business, uh, business meeting. People should be better when we walk in the room. People say, you know what, there's something different about this person right here. You ain't got to say nothing, but your lifestyle. Oh, when they walk I'm glad to see him come. You don't want to be in the position that people you raise so much cane that when people see you like, oh, God, I can't believe I wish they would go somewhere else. But now they see peace in your life, not because they see you, but they see the Jesus that's in you. A lot of times people want the peace you got, but they may not want the God you want right now. But sooner or later, they're going to come to a place where every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. That's why we, how did, how did Abraham get to the point? How did Abraham get to the point that, uh, God would grant him such an identity? He, he how did Abraham get to the point that Other people view him in such a way as God saw him. We see in Genesis 18 and 19. Notice in Genesis 18 and verse 19. Let me get back there and glory to God. Genesis 18 and verse 19. And the Bible reads as follows, for I have known him. I have known him. Now, we know without a shadow of a doubt that God knows everybody. But it's something special when God knows you this way. Anytime when you read a text like this, this is not like God asking you a question. God knows you. But then, what does He know about you is what we need to understand. Oh, because you can't hide things from God. Listen, you can hide from me all day long, but God knows us. He knows our heart. He knows when we're mad. He knows when we're happy. He knows when we're bitter. He know you can't you can't you you can fake all day long with a smile with me, but you can't fake it with God. Sometimes I go to God and say, God, you know, I'm frustrated right now. I know you know him. I'm just going to let you know that I know you know. Because I don't, I don't want to have a relationship with God that's real. I want God to say, I know him. See, I know what makes him happy. I know what makes him upset. I know when he got in a situation right here, he wanted to do something. But, yeah, oh, I know him. But, see, sometimes people try. They they, they They're real with everybody else except God. We need to make sure we're real with God. Say, God, you know what? Listen, I can fake it. With, I can listen, I can fake it with people all day long. But God, you know me. You know me in this situation right here. You know me when I walk down the street. You know when I get in the car. You know when I go shopping. You know when I go to work. You know, you know me. You know why I didn't pray this morning. You know why I didn't give a certain amount you told me to give. You know me, God. You also know my beginning from my ending. You know me. We got to understand that God knows us. He recognizes us. He considers and discerns us. He's familiar, friend with us. If the Lord recognized Abraham to the point that he noted in the text, we can conclude that Abraham had a close relationship with God and likely proved himself responsible to him. This is a rhetorical question to us which requires no answer, but we should be we should be at the point that we can say that like, just like they said in Abraham, does God recognize us? You might ask, how did the Lord discern such a difference in Abraham? Genesis 18 and 19 reads as follows, and the rest of that reads as follows, that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord, what to do righteousness and justice that the Lord may bring to Abraham that which he has spoken to him. He knew Abraham to the point that he, he knew that he would command his children and his household. He will lay a charge upon them. He will give them a order to his children and his household. I guess the point that stood out to me when you read that, it doesn't say specifically, but you know if he had children, he had to be a father. He had to be a father. And as a father, what should we be doing as a father? The Bible says this, that he was saying in the text that he commanded his children. He was telling them what to do in this particular text. I believe that the Lord had his eyes on how Abraham would be a father. He was paying attention to the order that Abraham would place on his children and his household. And let me say this to you, men or head of households, the Lord is concerned of how we lead our household and raise our children. He's also concerned of how we influence and mentor other children that are not in our household. We, we have a generation that needs the presence of God, fearing men in their lives. Because, you know, I thank God for the women, but sometimes a woman can drop this on you. Ain't nothing we can say. I had the child. What you complaining about? That's like a mic drop on LOO. I can't, I I can't say nothing right there. I can't, I can't, you got me on that one. You had a child. I didn't. I thank God. God chose you. I'm glad he didn't choose me. I appreciate you, but sometimes you need to go to a man. Amen. For a man to be a man. And so we can relate. The one thing I did appreciate about our men's meeting, we got in there and we got rid of one another. We talked about disappointments. We talked about frustration. We talked about how we felt going to certain places, doing this, that, and the other. You see why these men are so calm in here? We talked about several things that people are trying to find answers for. And we didn't base it on our opinion. Yeah, we're frustrated, but what does God say about it? Yeah, we're upset, but what does God say about it? You can't render evil for evil. Scripture tells us we can't do, go blow, 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 blow for blow with folks. We got to do it like the Bible says. We got to continue to do it like the Bible says. Sometimes we ask the question, what frustrates you about being a man? Well, we can't answer that question. Thank God for our women. But you know what? They can't answer that question. Yeah, and that's what you need to understand. That's why you need godly men, amen, to help with the process. What? we will give you godly answers. Yeah, I'm upset, but I got a godly answer for it. Yeah, listen, I did get mad, but yet God checked me on my getting mad. Yeah, it took me two or three days, and God had to say, hey, Dobbs, Dobbs, no, I don't want to hear it, God. I know you're going to tell me forgive them, <laughs> for they know not what they do. No, I don't want to hear it, God. I want to be angry and mad with them. But that's not God. Sometimes you need a man to say, hey, you know what God said, don't you? You know what God wants you to do, don't you? He wants you to love that wife. He wants you to take care of them children. Oh, listen, don't let responsibility get get you upset. Responsibility is a part of growing up and being a man. And you need somebody, another man, to tell you that's okay. Oh, Lord, you got quiet right here, but I know I'm teaching good right about now. Because we need to understand that coming from godly men. That's why godly men, I thank God we get in an environment we can talk. That's why we brought our young men into the conversation as well. Because they need to understand growing up that there's certain things they have to deal with that they may not have to deal with if they wasn't another color. We had to they need to understand that that sometimes at their school they got to deal with stuff. And they can't get mad and frustrated and try to have a listen a conversation with the teacher about this, that, and the other. You need to go to your parents. And talk to them. That's why we will continue to talk to our men. And young men. And it behooves us. As as parents to make sure our young men. And as men. We need to make sure that we're in the meeting as well. And when God puts something on our heart. We need to make sure we say. What God tells us. Because we have got some mighty. Listen we got wisdom. Fatherly wisdom from men who were not. Even fathers yet. We. We. They're not even fathers yet, but they gave us some advice that even helped me in the process. And we need to understand that God will give wisdom to those who are willing to follow his guidance. We need to... We have to be an example of sharing God's word and mentoring others in the faith, not to mention caring and supporting God's house and his people. We got to be witnessing, amen, to the body, witnessing to those who don't know Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. We need to help guide others to a strong relationship with Jesus. We cannot do this on our own accord, but we need the all-knowing omniscient God who help us to navigate through the process so it would not be stressful, fearful, anxiety, uh, anxiety-based, or put us in bondage, et cetera. When you do this in the flesh, you get those things right now. You become anxiety. You become upset. You become fearful. You become angry. Why? You in the flesh. You in the flesh. If you see certain things and you say, I don't, listen, I'm not talking about righteous in, in the nation. I'm talking about you angry. You want to go do something. You want to go grab somebody. You want to go do this, that, and the other. Yo, you in the flesh. Look how y'all looking at that man. I might be the only one in here. I'm the only one that get in the flesh sometimes I Want to grab somebody. But that's not the way you do it. That's not the way God told us to do it yeah I see them all over doing that doing it that way, but what does God tell us to do? because we got to follow the omniscient God we got to follow his leading and his guidance we have to do it this way let's go to Genesis eighteen two and three let's go back verse two and verse three. Notice what he says here. So he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground and said, My Lord, if you now found favor in your sight, do not pass on pass on by your servant. So Abraham found favor. He found grace and acceptance in, in his life. We see this here in Genesis 18, 2, and 3. In my opinion, God's favor requires responsibility. We need to strive to be accountable and answer to God if we want to be trusted with his favor, be relied on and have integrity with his favor. Now, let's go back to Genesis 18 and verse 19. We'll read it to you again. For I have known him in in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness, Righteousness and justice that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. When we read that in the midpoint of the scripture, the Lord lays his charge on Abraham regarding his children and his household that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice. Their direction and their course and their pathway of life should be what Abraham had just been instructed by God to tell his children. And as fathers who misunderstand that the Lord has a direction for our children and our entire household. In this particular example, he is for us to be righteous, to experience salvation, deliverance, protection, and prosperity. And also to do justice. Justice is an important definition right there. Decisions according to the written and revealed word of God. Your decisions based on the written And the revealed word of God. And the assurance of God, his written and revealed word must have the final say-so in our lives because his word is proven. It's been tested. It's been demonstrated to be true and eternal. Let's go over to Matthew 24 and 35. Matthew 24 and verse 35. And he will send his angels with great... I'm sorry, 31. 25. Matthew 24 and verse 35. Let me get it right. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Isaiah 55 and verse 11. Isaiah 55 and verse 11. So shall my words be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I send it. Again, Isaiah 55 and verse 11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. It shall prosper the thing for which I send it. We see men and heads of household, I believe that as a responsible leaders that we must commit to doing for our children and our entire household. want to look at a few traits, a few traits of a father that leads his children and his household as well as those who are heads of household that leads their children and their household to blessings. Number one, they affirm them. They affirm to his children and entire family how special they are to God. They go to Psalms 139 and verse 14. Psalms 139 and verse 14. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, that my soul knows very well. See, you are valuable to God. Your life is important to God. And we must treat it like your life is important to God. And if life is important to God, life is important to me. For you are fearfully and wonderfully made. We must lead the way in declaring to our family that God has fearfully with reverence and wonderfully made us distinguished and separate from the rest how he made us. He made us different. He made us unique. He made us special. The world and the enemy will constantly bombard us and tell us with deceptive words to trick us out of knowing who we really are and that we were created by Christ. They'll tell you things like we're created by a gorilla or a monkey or some nonsense like that. Non-Bible have no idea. Well, they, I know where they got it from. They got it from the enemy. But the thing is we have to go by scripture. I didn't come from no monkey. I came, I came from the lineage of God. Long story short, you can't believe lies like that because if not, it will mess your mind up. It'll mess your mind up. And once you know who you are, you can operate in your identity with Christ. Number two, he trains his children up in God's written and revealed word. Go to Proverbs 22 and verse 6. The book of Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. So we gotta train, we gotta teach, we gotta instruct, we gotta educate, educate our children up in God's written and revealed word. Men, we have the responsibility to be the lead teacher when it comes to teaching our children and entire household about God's way of doing things. More importantly, we have to see the necessity. Now hold on. Before you teach them, you got to know something. You got to know something. Before you teach, you got to know something. I'm not talking about surface, neither. you got to know something. That's why it's important. You need see see necessity of coming and hearing the word as well as studying and applying his word so you can educate and instruct your children as well as your family or household. you got to know something. you got to know something. It's hard to teach what you don't know. Hallelujah. I cannot. Listen, I can hit on the drums for a few minutes, but it's hard for me to teach the drum because I don't know how to play. When it comes to the word... That's a different story. I should be able to teach and instruct and train when it comes to Scripture. Now, number three, he teaches them on the values of hearing and obeying the shepherd's voice directly and indirectly in order to avoid being led astray. Go to John 10, 27 and 28. John chapter 10, verses 27 and verse 28. The Bible reads as follows, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. We see here in the text that heads of household, we must see the need to be led so that we can understand the responsibility of leading others. We need shepherds as well as pastors to lead us into a deeper relationship with the great shepherd. As we are led, we are empowered and equipped to lead others. A fourth point, he lives by God's word and must Make a daily commitment to do so. Go to Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. He lives. He thinks. He talks. He makes decisions. He acts according to God's word. And he's committed to it. It's not just a sometime event. It's his lifestyle. And let me say this to you, uh, um, to our men and to everyone who's out there. Sometimes people need to see when you mess up. So they'll know how to get their act back together. If you always doing everything right and then they mess up, how are they gonna know how to get back? Because they never saw anybody repent and get back in the right standing with God. So you gotta learn how to repent and ask God to forgive you. Lord, I messed up. And then sometimes you got to go to the ones you messed up with and say, Hey, I did it wrong. God dealt with me and said, I was wrong about that. And don't be trying to justify your decision either. I wouldn't have did it if you would have did that. No, you were just wrong. I wouldn't have said it if you would have. No, I was wrong. And they need to see that. Because some people, they they wrong. But it was your fault they were wrong. Y'all will get that next week. You need to understand that when you wrong, you got to say, God, I was wrong. Person, I did wrong. I was wrong please forgive me. No, I ain't justifying. I was wrong. Please forgive me. I was just wrong. While well, you're wrong, Holy Spirit told me I was wrong. The word says I'm wrong. My actions towards you were wrong. Yeah, I raised my voice at a, at a pitch that I shouldn't have raised it at. I was wrong. I treated you in a way in That it was ungodly. Let me go ahead and drop this on everybody right quick. Sometimes you have to go to unsaved people and tell them you were wrong. Mm -hmm. And they may or may not forgive you, but that's not your problem. Your responsibility is to ask ask for forgiveness. Now, Matthew 4 and 4, and he answered and said to him, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. While it's a process, we will strive to think, talk, and make decisions based on God's word so that our children can follow our lead. It's easy to get stuck in what is familiar, comfortable, and popular. However, it's important that we think and talk and act according to God's word and that we follow our omniscient God. What is God telling me and doing this situation? Yeah, I want to do this, but God is saying do something different there's a reason for it too. Don't don't never think. Listen, you got to look at the long term effects of what God is telling you to do, and don't get caught up in this temporary thing, because you make temporary decisions, it might mess up your long term effect. But you got to learn how to follow what God is saying in your life. Number five, he refrains he refrains from provoking his children. Go to Ephesians chapter four, six and verse four. Ephesians chapter six and verse four. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. There are many angry boys and girls who grow up to become angry men and women. We must do our part not to cause our children, watch this, to become angry. Cause anger, wrath, or rage. And then be angry, and then they grow up to be angry as well. Help us to reach it with the word of God. Help them to overcome their anger. Help them to understand the anger, listen, be angry but sin not. You might get angry, but you can't sin. Because anger, notice what the Bible's telling us though. Anger will cause you to sin if it's not checked. Because you think it's all right because I'm angry to use foul language. To, to give somebody a peace of my mind. To raise my voice in an ungodly manner. You'll think it's all right when the Bible is letting us know that that's not the case. Anger is a strong emotion that can turn into bitterness, resentment, rage, destruction, and even death. I think that what, what bothers me now is I see a lot of angry people. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. Sad. Because so now some of the folks that have been texting all their life got to have a conversation with a human being. They don't know what to say. When we got God on our side that's leading and guiding us into all truth, that's why they're going to come to you. That's why they're coming to you. That's why they're coming to you because you got truth on your side. You got truth and your truth works. Because it's not it's backed up by the spirit of truth. You got truth that works. Number six, he strives to be an example. He strives to be a a leader, a guide, someone to be imitated of being a good and faithful over the things in which he he has been entrusted with. Go to Matthew 25. Matthew 25, verse 20 and 21. You got to follow the all-knowing God. You got to follow the all-knowing. Knowing God. Matthew 21, excuse me, Matthew 25, verse 20 and 21. So he who received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. His Lord said to him, well done, good, useful, and honorable, and faithful. One who can be relied on, worthy of trust, servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Notice this. When that individual was responsible, look how he was blessed. Look how he was blessed when he was responsible. Sometimes God is not looking for the, listen, He's not looking for the greatness, He's looking for you to be responsible. And when you're responsible, it will turn into greatness. Responsible over your prayer life. Responsible over giving. Responsible over your relationship with Jesus. Responsible with your brothers and your sisters. Listen, just don't talk it, be about it. Be about it. Be responsible. When you're responsible, I've noticed even in this ministry, in the lives of God's people, when you're responsible, I've seen God bless individuals in this sanctuary. I have seen God bless individuals in this sanctuary when you were responsible. Thank God for responsible men and women of God who are responsible not only in their home, but in the ministry in witnessing and loving God's Responsible. It's a choice you got to make. I meant to get that to you earlier. Responsibility is a choice. It's a choice you make. It's a choice you make on a day by day basis. You got to make a, listen, you got to be, make a choice to be responsible. Got to make a choice. While we're busy reaching the game, this, that, and the other, we need to remember to be honorable and trustworthy over the things that God has entrusted us with, such as our children, our wives, our families, our homes, our uh, vehicles, our jobs, our businesses, and most importantly, our work in the kingdom of God. We must strive to be the first example of faithfulness. I believe that as we allow God to develop these traits in us, we'll find ourselves being known as the responsible father who leads his family to blessings. I'm
0: done. Stand your feet. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770 459 6221 That's 770459 OCC1 Follow us on Facebook at Overcomer's Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world